Good evening to all of you out there in Radioland, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Uh, tonight, we'll be, uh, we're finishing up Kit's Supernatural Romance Triple Feature with 1998's Meet Joe Black. Uh, Kit, tell us a little bit about this film and how it plays into your triple feature. Okay, well, Andrew said he wants to say the first thing, so. Okay. All I wanted to say is that, and this, some, this, this movie is a movie about deals. Okay. It is all about deals. And is it about the art I, of the deal? Possibly. Poss- <laughs> Mike, possibly. This possibly is the thing that is the inspiration for Trump's book. But um, the, thing that, the thing that blew my socks off the, during this watch is that this is a movie about deals, and the most interesting deal in the movie is not the one, not the supernatural deal that the movie is about. So that's I, that's I had I a similar say. thing where at the end of the movie I was like, what is this about? Because I kept, because it's, so <laughs> in... There were there there were the sh- the um I don't know BuzzFeed critic part of parts of me that were like wait a minute she's having sex with death what does that mean what does it mean to love death and then I realized like the movie's not about death the movie is about love and taxes so that's what I say the movie is about yeah, the movie's okay. about love the nature of love that which we learn about by personifying death okay. Uh. But do you think, but do you, but, well, here's the, but okay, you say it's about love, but do we ever actually see any love in the movie? Absolutely. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah, Anthony there's... Hopkins is right there. Okay. Anthony Hopkins, fine. Anthony Hopkins love for his children, but. Well, don't forget that, no... that steamy and passionate scene when they uh, this... go from the pool to the, the bedroom. The sex. The, see, the I, pool, I, I, I we're jumping. I know we said we were going to go in order. And we're already jumping out of order. I know. But I have to say, <laughs> I have to say one thing, and then we can then we can go down the list okay. about that. It was unclear to me that they had gone from the pool to her bedroom, and I thought they were still by the pool. Wait, they are still by the pool. They're in her no! bedroom. What? There's a bed. Yes, there's a bed. Because there's just because here's the thing: if any movie should have ass and titties in it, it's this one, and. It's just tight close-ups on their faces, the whole which like it's fine, whatever. <laughs> um, I had no idea. I've seen this movie like I don't know five times. Ne- always thought they were fucking by the pool. Huh. Me too. Well, me too. It's like a the weird. Only... It's like a bedroom because you know how so many of the bedrooms have this like very scenic view of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks like it's like a bedroom, but I think the floor is tiled and it's got like kind of the sure same it's view not as the pool. The pool? <laughs> But there's like a bed. The o- there's definitely a bed. So I don't okay. know. The only reason I know is because they walk into the pool room and there's an establishing shot. No bed. And then when they get to after her clothes come up, God. they cut to her leaning back in a bed and she does her little like come hither thing. But I thought that can you tell that's a no. bed? I mean, obviously, I thought I assumed that it was like one of like a big lounge chair. Now I got to watch the fucking movie again. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and start, and I'm going to click around on my... Okay. I have the movie open. I'm going to see I if I can find that. I assume they were on, like, a big loungy thing still by the pool. Because, like, Mm-mm. when she... The the one, like, sort of body shot in the... Like, the most you see of anything is, like, when her hands are, like, by his pants. And, like, they're still up by the pool there, right? Okay. Yes. You know what I think it is? 
is she well she comes up that staircase into the pool so i think yes. they just go back down the stairs but they never show that they do not uh, they just they hard cut yeah the problem is is that it's all in close-up so you the thing is is like all you had to do was just pull the camera away and show well, that they're in a different space you don't have to show the them going there why can't they have sex or, by the pool there's on what on a fucking lawn just, chair like oh no you're right you're right there's like a bed thank you i just saw there was a wide shot of the thing and there's like a like basically like a lounger but it's like yeah cloth. And I think and that's where big, they And it's a ri- for a rich person, like, it's probably pretty comfy. It's not like, you know, <laughs> a plastic beach chair. <laughs> right. It's like an, upho- an, uh, an upholstered, like. See, I think that would have been better if it was a plastic beach chair. Just, like, like squeaking the and, like, <laughs> and, her, and her ass cheeks are, like, going through the, the, the fucking rubber things. Oh, God. It's his first time, and he's on one of those, like, <laughs> with, like, the straps to hold it together. Uh, Okay, so Mike is now showing us the sex scene. Uh-huh. Thank you, Mike. Brad's got great traps. Um, I mean, you're right. I don't see that. No, you got to go, yeah. go back further. Go back further. Yeah, I'm still not convinced. Because that could be a rich person's boring room. The background doesn't have all the paintings that are in the pool area. Thank you. No, it does. Okay, so we're so there's pool. Yeah, we're, def- oh, so there's we're like definitely in the pool. Nope, it's uh, you, it's the you, pool. I think it's the pool. I All think right. it stays the pool. But look, look, we got this wallpaper. Yeah. This really great wallpaper. I assume it's probably a painting. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a mural of people parachuting or something. I thought it was some like Greek shit. Maybe that's in his office, but there's a really bad mural in the movie. The really hard part about <laughs> watching this now is that I'm remembering that everything is it's just so slow. It's very slow. Why is this? Everything's oh backwards. God. There we go. Okay, so they're kissing. That's. Ugh. It does make you go. Uh, it really shouldn't. She, she, <laughs> she just opened her mouth too wide. I know. All three of us though should be like. We should be enjoying this. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they're both gorgeous. It's we, okay. We can't talk about this. This is coming. Okay. <laughs> All right. She's taking off his jacket. So slowly. Yeah. Look and look at him. He's, he's okay. She's taking it off so slowly that he got bored. It is. Did you it see it? It is he, too slow. It is too long. But the crime is that we're saying this about Brad Pitt playing a virgin and like mm-hmm. having sex with like a really, really amazingly beautiful woman. And we're I'm like, sorry, this, but is, if, this sucks. If, <laughs> if death inhabits the body of Brad Pitt, that dude's that dude's having sex day one. Well, I mean, it does seem like that's why he wanted to become, <laughs> to inhabit a body. It's pretty much to have sex. This is so slow. I know. It's wow. Mike, your arms must be getting slow. tired. <laughs> Mike is holding up his phone or iPad laptop or something, or something to yeah. a laptop or something to a computer, another computer screen so that we can watch, oh. silently watch this sex scene. <laughs> His, his shirt's not even off yet. Remember 20 minutes ago when we said she's taking off his jacket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just pull it off, man. <laughs> Remember how then they look at his shirt? Like, I guess it's his cuff. Is, <laughs> I took, like, why are they looking at his shirt on his hand and laughing? He can't get It's because he can't get it off. I know. He's a but they look at it for goober. so long. He just holds it up. I understand. Oh, exactly. I understand look, look that like Martin shirt. Brest is like, no, it'll convey like what an innocent he is. He doesn't understand. 
This is incredible. <laughs> oh my god. No one has ever there you go. So taken that's the off. lounger by the pool. Yeah, okay. I but look, the you wallpaper's ha- you have different. have to keep playing. I know. Guys, the wallpaper is different. It's not the, it's not though. It's just it, it's something about the lighting. Like I think the background is fuzzier because they fucking now or something. But it's the guy, it's the same room. All right. Yeah, that's still the pool. All right, you're right. There it is. I can see it now. All right, the exposure now let's get is different. To the beautiful this people. Is... <laughs> bullshit. Okay, so now we're starting the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we can now we can actually start the episode. I didn't really do any research on this on this particular aspect, but it is like a semi-remake of Death Takes a Holiday, or it's like inspired by Death Takes a Holiday. Um, I haven't seen that movie. Um, I don't, I doubt it's very much like this, but I don't even, you know, it, it, this, um, there are moments of this that feel like an old movie and mm-hmm. I like that about it. Um, but yeah, it's basically, um, I don't want to say what it's about. I just want to go through it because we'll get there. We'll get to the, All right. it's about, All right. in my opinion, kind of one thing and it happens in the first 15 minutes, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my first note was that um, I started by listing things that I like about the movie um, that or that I think are good. I think the music. Okay, it's it's good to yeah. it's good to separate those things. <laughs> I think the music is fucking amazing. Um, it's like it's Thomas Newman. Uh huh. I'm a stan. It is way over the top, and I think if this movie were competent then the music would be like like Lee really didn't like the music in 1917 because it like told you things that the movie was already telling you but this music the way that we learn for instance that like there are s- multiple moments in the movie where i would have no idea what was happening or that it was important if the music was not blaring that fact to me like when she realizes that he's death Nothing in their conversation or the film other than the music really tells us that that is what is happening. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I, I agree. Like if you didn't have this score, you would understand this movie so much less. So like it, and, and I think it's beautiful. I think it's a, I, I was, I'm going to like get the main theme to like listen to. I think it's really pretty. Um, there, but I think like, that there are I think there are also moments where all of the import everything that matters in a scene is it completely hinges on the music. Like there are so many there's so many times where the music does something that the rest of the movie just isn't. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's like the yeah. music is the like if you ch- just listened to this score, you would understand the plot of the film about as well as. <laughs> or you would understand the characters like like there's the scene the cake scene 
again jumping out sorry but the the scene where he's <laughs> testing cakes or whatever and like I don't I don't even think I know what pe- like there's parts of the film where it's like I can't even he- understand people and but the music tells me like this is a significant moment in both Anthony Hopkins's life and the relationship between like this is right before they fuck isn't it or right before they kiss that scene and only the cake the- scene yes no, I mean, don't they get don't don't uh, Claire Forlani and Brad Pitt kind of get cut out of that scene, and then it's nope. just uh, Andrew, Anthony Hopkins and once the music clues you in that something important is happening, they are neither one of them speaks during it, but they are looking at each other, and like Brad Pitt is almost crying at the end of the scene because he's so moved by how um, I guess much of a prick Anthony Hopkins was to his daughter in it. Like cool. he's like it's very weird. Um, but anyway, I think the music is really pretty and also basically largely responsible for saying what is happening in the movie more so than the actors or the script is. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, and I think part of why the score has to be kind of so over the head and I actually, I thought it was really pretty too, like a lot of the music, but, um, one thing I thought, I don't know an hour or two hours into the movie (laughs) was that it's um, like we've seen so many movies that at a point in a story, you kind of know where you are. You kind of know probably Mm -hmm. about what you're supposed to be feeling. Like most movies kind of do a good job, but like, this is a really weird story because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a bizarre story. It, I mean, you know, death inhabits this body and like sort of, uh, I don't know, not blackmails this rich man, but like, you know, holds hostage, this rich man and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so it's like, the, the whole movie, I'm not sure how funny is this supposed to be? How romantic yes. is this supposed to be? How terrible is this movie? How good is this movie? Like all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I think that's probably, or I think that's part of why the score is like one of, if not the most important part of the movie is just like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to feel. I've never yes. been in a story like this. So please just let me know. Right. If the music was different, it could be a horror movie. If the music was different, it could be like a slapstick kind of comedy but the music is really telling you like this is like even though the leads have no chemistry and the relationship is romantic unromantic if you think about it for one fucking second like the music is there to make you feel something <laughs> like when these like we're saying like these two gorgeous gorgeous actors are having sex and you're just annoyed you hate them and (laughs) but the music is like at at least like letting you know that like oh the tenor of this scene i mean again and i think it's kind of to the movie's credit that like the movie does not she never um the movie never comes right out and says anthony hopkins is going off to die right now um the movie never says claire forlani is realize what she has realized is that he's death the movie um doesn't tell you uh brad pitt's playing a virgin but the music does like you know i I like that the movie doesn't come out like and and say everything but it would be incomprehensible if the music wasn't like the again the music is the thing that tells you he's never had sex before more so than brad more so than brad pitt's performance which is just weird. i don't know he's he's doing some weird shaking stuff that makes me think like oh this dude this dude does has no dick game (laughs) (laughs) um also uh cinematography is by emmanuel lebetsky 
and I that fucking blew my mind. It looks gr- I think it looks so gorgeous. Mm, I don't know. I go back and forth. I think it I, I think I think it it it's lit well. Sometimes it's lit like super like almost too simply for me, but then there are there are, there are so I mean, so much of this movie is just, it's just so dull to me that, it, and, and the cinematography at, at times is just, it's doing, it's, it's like the, the directing's boring, the, the acting's boring, the, the writing's boring, and then it's like, I want the cinematography, just knowing that it's fucking Chivo behind mm-hmm. the camera, like, I want something to, him to do, like, can you do something, please? <laughs> and he's not he's doing what everybody else is doing so it's like yes on on paper i agree this is this looks nice but like at the same time it's so it's boring it's boring as it's as boring as everything else is and this whole movie to me is 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 like pure overinflated sense of importance oh for sure this is the man who directed beverly hills cop um keep in mind so I know did, that's that's the thing though like that like when I I did not know that before watching this this time and like halfway through I was like who the fuck directed this movie and uh and I saw it was Martin Brest and I was just like I mean even though it's Beverly Hills like it's Beverly Hills Cup that that that's why I was like that's why I'm like I don't care that that's a comedy a different type of movie or whatever it's like <laughs> I still expect more and here's this is the fucking insane thing there is you guys might already know this but there's a second cut of this movie yeah that is two that's two hours long mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, martin brest hated it so much that he took an alan smithy credit mm-hmm. on that cut of the movie for the airplane cut like what does he want flights to be longer <laughs> <laughs> just, just circle the runway yeah. bro <laughs> what were you gonna say mike I was going to say, you're talking about uh, Lubeski did the cinematography, um, but did you catch that Dante Ferretti was the production yes, designer? This yeah. is basically oh a Dante Ferretti podcast at this point. And I'm yeah. not, this is not an exaggeration. <laughs> 40% of the films on my list that I want to watch for this podcast are Dante Ferretti productions. Yeah. And I didn't, I'd never heard of him before this. And I'm like, wow, okay, so I love Dante Ferretti. Like, Dante Just- Ferretti is one of my favorite production designers for sure. Get excited for when uh, Andrew or I makes you watch uh, the 120 Days of Sod- uh, Sodom or the oh, Solo. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that episode. But that's what I think. I feel like between the cinematography and the production design, I mean, like, if it certainly he did. I mean, he did Age of Innocence. He did Interview the Vampire. He did Sweeney Todd, which I which is on my list. Um, and and eight. And the thing is, like, Age of Innocence in particular is such a like upgrade of this film in a certain way because. I, this movie endures, I I think, like, I'm going to watch this probably every two years or so for the rest of my life. Like, (laughs) like, that's just how it is. Uh, (laughs) I get it, man. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I've seen it before. I don't know if that's clear. Like, I've seen it several times before. Um, But I can, I can hang a movie that's just like, that's why I said, like, I didn't, this movie's so long. It's so incredibly long. But I didn't watch it on a faster speed. I could not do it because if there is any enjoyment to be derived from this film, it is in long shots of Brad Pitt, like, walking down a hallway where there's, like, Miro's and Rothko's. And just, like, why is this happening for so long? Or it is in, like, it's taking 35 seconds to get his coat off of him. But I can't, like, if you speed through that, it's, like, every, like, 
I like, a, I mean, Age of Innocence is basically like, look at beautiful plates. Like, <laughs> is, is, and like, that is, that's enough. If this movie didn't have that kind of beauty in it, then I don't think that, I think I would really, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a movie I watch regularly. But there is something, um, like, yeah, I'm sorry, I want to look at that apartment. <laughs> like, I could spend three hours looking at that apartment, that's fine. Um, it, I think it's really, um, pretty movie. I think that most, and, and the clothes hold up pretty well. I think his tux looks bad at the end, but all the, nobody looks ridiculous. Everyone looks good. I, his hair is, uh, his hair is very bad though. Yeah, his hair is really bad, but also there is an outfit that does look really bad. When we meet Brad Pitt's, Brad Pitt at the diner, he is wearing the biggest suit I have ever for, seen. It's not, but it's okay for 98 for 1998, fucking, it's no, okay. His that tux can't is be huge true. too. His tux is huge too. It is strange. It's like he looks like one of the Goombas from Super Mario yeah, Bros. But then, isn't it weird? Because what, then he puts on his like Undertaker like black three piece yeah. suit, and it looks like yeah, yeah. okay, that fits more like uh, classically. I, well, so I was so, just wondering about this. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering, was it like, was this like a um, a way to like transition the character? Like when we meet him, he's just like a kind of smart. He's sort of I guess maybe poor-ish and he's, you know, just the smarmy sales dude or whatever. And so he has this so horrible, ill-fitting suit. You're supposed to like him, Mike, what do you want to say? <laughs> there's a longer cut. Uh, you find out that he there's was actually one cut? of... He was uh, David Byrne's backup dancer uh, at one of the Talking <laughs> Heads shows. <laughs> I think... Thank you. See, that's the other thing, too, is like, I think you're supposed... You're supposed to fall in love with him in that scene. And... <laughs> He's awful. He's so not a good dude. He's so annoying. He's a fucking prick. <laughs> just thinking about any time you're at a restaurant and somebody just like won't is like yelling on but their that's, phone. That's why I said it's like, um, okay, so. And then he thinks, and then he thinks, and then he thinks a woman should be like something he takes care, he, like that is around for him but to I take mean, care I think of. That it's so weird. I get it. I mean, and then and she acknowledge. I don't know. It is strange. Okay. I want to say the other. I'm just saying it's it's strange that she falls in love with him. And it's is, absolutely in that strange. I yes, because if that was really if. Okay, this is why. And we'll get to this. It is. There is a catch 22 at the heart of this film, which is that Brad Pitt is horrendously miscast in this character. And yet if he w was even slightly less good looking, if it was <laughs> then boy, would the movie really not work because yeah. him having that face is what justifies the entire mm -hmm. movie. Um, so the other, yeah, go ahead. One thing about the diner scene, and I know, like you were saying, I'm not going to get dragged into like plot holes or, hey, this doesn't make sense. But mm -hmm. um, he he repeats some phrase that her father has just told her this morning mm -hmm. or that morning. Um, I can't about remember specifically. Love. What's that? About yeah, like it's about love, like yeah. finding the the person that makes you go lightning striking lightning, that's or it. yeah. it's lightning strikes okay. yeah and so he says that to her and then the next time she sees him he's at her father's house mm -hmm. and he's some sort of colleague of hers yeah she's so very how does stupid. she never <laughs> consider the possibility that like this her dad is setting her up with him or i don't know i think he said does she say at one point to him like you find out who my dad is and like the first time she confronts him she implies i'm not sure what exactly but that like she thought he was i think because he's like um i'm choosing to be pro poor or something and then the next time she sees him he's like 
sucking off her dad, and that makes mm-hmm. her. I don't know, but yeah, it, it, there's a major suspension of disbelief required yeah. of her in particular. Especially, we're supposed to believe she's like a smart doctor, uh, right. <laughs> but she doesn't realize like, hmm, this guy not, is a creep, and also like uh, stalking me or something. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the other two things that I like about the film, mm-hmm. um. I think Anthony Hopkins is fucking tremendous in this movie. I think I agree. it's one I of agree. my He's favorite really Anthony Hopkins performances. And and maybe the best example I can think of of a great performance in a terrible movie. Like, I could watch him on a loop all day doing th- just this performance. I... I he ugh, he's everything he's also like he's the only sexy thing in the entire movie like he, somehow and he makes it sound well written he makes it he's god i love him so much i love him he's one of the good ones yeah no he acts he acts circles around everybody he's amazing too, so. yeah and and, and mm-hmm. yeah wow okay and then the other thing that is like okay i realize that Brad Pitt getting hit by the car is hilarious but i love i love how it's shot i think it's a fantastic premise for a movie like i imagine like wait wait hang on i'm so you love how the movie shot or you love how it's shot when brad pitt i love how him getting hit by the car is shot um and i'll i'll have a lot more detail about that (laughs) okay okay i need to know okay but meaning how they did it and everything um i just like to think about like my mom liking Brad Pitt and being like, I'm going to buy a ticket to this romantic <sighs> film, meet Joe black. And then, and you don't know anything about it. And then the first 15 minutes, Brad Pitt gets hit <laughs> twice by a car and he's dead. That I love that's bold filmmaking. And you know, I love a surprise like that. <laughs> sure. I, I would, I, uh, Oh man, it's that's, I think that's a great thing to be in a movie. And probably the thing that made Brad Pitt want to make this movie. Like, <laughs> Because he'd already yeah. worked with Anthony Hopkins at this point, right? Uh, yes, uh, on in, on Legends of the Fall. So he's like, okay, my friend is doing it, and I get to be hit twice by a car in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so yes, I think conceptually that's that is awesome. I agree, but like the lead into that is the the most amount of turning back. Uh, turn back yeah. you know the characters are walking away from each other and they're turning back to look at each other i mean it, i lost count straight it's, up it's it's like lee was watching with me and he was like that's like an snl sketch of yes. like the number of it times so, they turn back yes you had shared that clip from youtube with us mm-hmm. kit before like weeks before i didn't i don't even think we well at least there was no plan to watch it yet we didn't have a set no because i and, wouldn't have shared it with you if okay yeah. yeah, and so I remember watching it and thinking, like, somebody put this on YouTube, but, like, made it, like, a joke cut. Yeah. Because surely no. they could not have. Had... And there's, like, yeah, there's, like, maybe a dozen, two dozen, just, like, back, forth, back, forth. It's, it's, tr- it's a dozen is nuts. not an exaggeration. It's weird. It's so and then, many. And then, and I never noticed this, I mean, you know, just because I've never, I guess, not paid that close of attention, but, like, he is, he is literally, on his last one to two look backs he is literally standing in the middle of the road yes. cars are zooming past yeah. him yeah. there is absolutely no reason <laughs> that the driver who hit him should be at any fault whatsoever oh absolutely not mm-hmm. it, it's all it, it, so the funny thing too is i made a note that the, the, the movie is sort of bookended by scenes like that because 
the scene where he's walking away with Anthony Hopkins as death over like the hill thing. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. do the same thing where they stop like, dude, you're stopping one too many times. Like, we yes. get like just they say some and yeah, that that's that's a good example where to me it was just like the the music swells in a way and the screen just does not support it where it's mm-hmm. like they're they're going to walk over this bridge um to the next life or whatever the fuck and uh and uh like brad brad pitt and anthony hopkins they take like two steps and stop and he's just like it's hard to leave isn't it and then the music just like explodes yeah and it's just absolutely dull. also funny thing i kept thinking about is like what if there was like five more minutes to this movie and claire forlani walks over to the other side of the uh, bridge and just sees her dad all twisted right <laughs> <on> <laughs> in the grass. well and the funny thing yes. is too it's like these people so it like there were like four men wrote this movie um yeah and t- at least two of them worked on the west wing but like apparently they had not invented the walk and talk yet because people have to like Clearly. stop walking every time <laughs> like mm-hmm. Anthony, i realize he's going off to die he may be trying to slow it down but it's like it's like two, like you say, two steps, and then Anthony Hopkins has a question, and all right, no, let's because in get that rolling scene, again. <laughs> in that scene, the whole thing is that Anthony Hopkins is now ready, and Death is actually not ready. So that's like that can't be it. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Like Death is the one who's dragging his feet there. Anthony Hopkins <sighs> is like, cool. I did everything I want to do. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Which man? I mean, I hope that's what it's like for me, but I have a hard time believing it. Um. <laughs> problems with the movie okay mm. claire forlani is like a stunningly beautiful plank of wood like mm-hmm. and i feel like mm-hmm. mike is gonna have a movie that he thinks she's good in but god she's terrible she's so bad there are so many times it's here's the, here's the interesting thing about her acting to me is that <laughs> it's it's it a porn looked... star uh-huh go ahead yeah yeah sure but like if if i were to turn the sound off and not know what's being said or anything i think i would look at this person's acting and think not not necessarily good but just like in that kind of like i don't know in that uh like sensational like 90s drama way like she's doing things with her face that look complicated yeah right I f- but then but then when you mm-hmm. hear what she's saying then when you hear what she's saying you're like oh the things the things that your face are doing yeah. don't actually line up or tell the story of the words that are coming out of your mouth. I think there's one scene that she's really good in and we'll get to it. But for the most part, it's just okay. like she's doing sex. She's doing sexy acting. I feel like the whole time, like when she's in for a sure. s- scene with her dad and I have more to say about that, but like, it's like, dude, this is guy's your dad. Like, stop it. <laughs> I think she's just like, all she's doing is yeah, just but like, her dad's Anthony Hopkins like in this constantly case. moving. Like she's having her picture taken on America's next top model. And then, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, moving. And when she walks into a room, like, the way she stands is, like, she's extremely stiff like this. It's, like, it is. It's, like, a parody of acting is yeah. what it feels like. It's, like, Commedia dell'arte, but but stupid. I don't know. It's so – my actually, what movie is she good in? I, I don't know that I have anything I would defend. Uh, but I actually had just watched Mallrats, like, mm-hmm. I think before I, I wound up watching this. It's all kind of a blur past like four weeks or whatever but uh uh i thought kind of the same thing in that like she she's posing for photographs as she's mm-hmm. in this movie um well she's probably also, a model which, yeah probably but i also think she I, so i kind of feel the same she looks similar to angelina jolie yeah that's what lee um, said too 
but there's like it's it's like a weird thing where it's like at this it's at you know a slightly turned angle it's like wow like that woman is gorgeous and then like sometimes like straight on or at a different angle a lot of like jaw too much face going on yeah like yeah. Too, you know something i mean that's uh, i mean that's yeah but I, she is definitely beautiful like she should be in yeah. movies but unfortunately she she don't talk good um yeah. the other you know however I, I think she does better than Brad Pitt. I think Brad Pitt is fucking terrible in this movie. He, thank you, honey. He's terrible in all the ways that he's terrible in interview, except that movie is good, so it doesn't suck as, like, this movie sucks. So it's, I, he's so I he's really horribly bad. miscast. He, there, he still, I mean, even in Benjamin Button, Brad Pitt loves a, like, I'm going to play, like, a supernatural guy. And it's just, he should not be, it's, this is his worst, this is the worst Brad Pitt performance that I've ever seen. And it is the opposite of, like, what his best performances are. Like, what's mm-hmm. the one where he's, like, a murderer with uh, Juliette Lewis? California. Uh, natural Born Killers. No, California. California. Oh, California, sorry. Cal- California, Ugh. like, he's really good in California. And he's playing. California with a K. Yes, with a K. Um. And not Californication, which David Duchovny was also in, right? And he's yes. also in California Correct. with a K. Um, yeah, not not Californication with a K, which uh, Rob Schneider was in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just the so clearly the opposite of the kind of guy that Brad like. Like we've said, I feel like we've said it all in the interview with a vampire. It's like he can't not sound like an all American like Oklahoma boy. Um, there's nothing ethereal or mysterious about Brad Pitt. That is just not the nature of his beauty. Like he is Paul Newman where he's like a really, really beautiful, but very real guy. Like it, he feels like he's like an everyman in like a surfer God's body, but he's, he he just accept it dude like play you can he he can stretch in the direction of playing scumbags like he does in california just grow a beard and it works and mm-hmm. and it's like there's something about like yeah the attractiveness of this serial killer character helps explain why he's able to like get away with what he gets away with i guess or why he's such a like compelling leader to like juliet lewis or whatever but in this he's he is it's truly one of it's one of the worst acting performances I think I've ever seen is Brad Pitt in this movie. I think he's yeah. truly I watched, horrible. I watched 12 Monkeys recently too. And I remembered that as like a really good movie. And he was very like weird in that. Like very, it was like, it was See, like, a, that is the thing. That's the thing for the longest time. That is the thing that people called out for like, like, Oh look, Brad Pitt can act. Really? Okay. It's See, 12, I think yes, twelve from, monkeys. Yeah. From what I remember of Seven, I think that's his one of his strongest early performances. And then I think, yeah, for sure, uh, Twelve Monkeys felt like a warm up for Tyler Durden in Fight Club, like the kind of like yes. oh, I'm a kooky guy, like whoa, like. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's great. He, he he's like the only person who it's kind of it. Brad Pitt is good in roles like I think he's fantastic as Tyler Durden because. And there's a there's a feeling that like he's the only guy who could have played that yeah. role. And it's a very I mean, that's a supernatural role too. Like we see why he was it's not dissimilar to this in mm-hmm. a way. Um, 
that he's like some supernatural guide for the actual main character. But then he's good. At, and then in, in seven, I agree with you in seven, that's an everyman role. He's just playing a guy with a wife, you know? Yeah. And well, and then, I mean, more recently the in first wife guy, uh, mm-hmm. though, uh, in once upon a time in Hollywood, yes. like he fits into that role perfectly. I mean, that was also almost it, 100% written for him. Yes. So. And it feels um, like, yeah, he's the only guy. Nobody else in that role would have brought the things to the movie that Brad yeah. Pitt brings to it. And yeah. like I, yeah. I, I think Ocean's Eleven is like some of his best um, acting, and it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Where it's just mm-hmm. like he needs to be this like. One of my notes later on is like, has anyone part of the, I, that? I almost think the fact that Brad Pitt can play any role at all in convincing you that his character is a virgin is impressive to some degree because I feel like no other actor currently working has had a career so based on the belief that he's a fuck machine. Like, you know what I mean? Like all of the, like, like that's what, uh, what's his name in once upon a time in Mexico or in Mexico in Hollywood is, is like, that's what he's selling you is like a guy who was never a virgin at any point in his entire life. Um, That's what Tyler Durden is. And then in this movie, he's playing like there is no role more opposite than Tyler Durden than like or or what's his name from from Once Upon a Time. Cliff Cliff Booth than this one. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why? Why? Especially after this is like four years after Interview with the Vampire, an experience that he purportedly hated. And it's like, what are you not understanding? Like, right. you are bad at this thing. That's fine. Stop trying. And he'll, he hasn't. I mean, Benjamin Button's not. I mean, that's a long time ago now. I don't know if he's done it since then. Maybe he maybe Benjamin Button, he finally realized he's bad at this. But that's another one where it's like, why the fuck would Brad Pitt be the one to play this guy? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I was just thinking about because I watched uh, I watched this, and then immediately after we watched Legends of the Fall because mm-hmm. we were like, oh, maybe there's a maybe that's a good Brad Pitt movie version of <laughs> Brad Pitt Anthony Hopkins movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably I think maybe better than this, but still really bad. And uh, he also plays a very mystical character in that, like he's kind of like this. Uh, this dude who's sort of like chasing death and he's got like this uh this mentor who's like a native american dude mm-hmm. and there's just there's he's nothing got, he's his soul's tied to a bear or some shit there's nothing goth about Brad Pitt this is Johnny Depp's role this movie i mean what i what i kept saying during the sex scene is like I should be liking this. This is basically Edward Scissorhands. This is a this is like the ultimate sad boy and having like being a virgin and he looks like brad pitt it's like that i should like this mike you that's claire ferlani you should like that like we should all be liking this and it's like horrible the difference is the difference well with edward scissorhands i think he's a sad boy but he's also a sweet boy and in this movie he's a fucking asshole yes that yes he is a a huge huge prick most most of the movie yeah Yeah. he sucks i just watched that Um, recently too edward scissorhands (laughs) good movie it's a weird weird pairing with this but yeah it is, they are pretty similar in a lot of ways i think the worst thing about this movie though is that it's three hours that is the the most like unforgivable on the other hand it like it wouldn't be what it is if it weren't so long and slow why do you but... think they why do you think they 
Because I think they they chose to make it that slow. Yes. Like everything feels very deliberate. So why? And Absolutely. There's parts of it that is like, there's a lyricism to the movie in the very, very few moments where it works. Like for instance, the scene where, Anthony, where Death shows up in Anthony Hopkins' office, I think that is a fantastic scene. I, the way that it's shot, the fact that he's behind that perfectly chosen glass, like it's I've yeah. never seen anything like that. It's very eerie, but like there are certain moments where the slowness, I think, helps set the tone of like this is unsettling. But we're also not exactly supposed to fear death like it's not like he is scary, but he's not evil. He's more neutral like he. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. scary because of his power, not because death is bad. Because a big part of the movie, I think, is like, it's not sad that Anthony Hopkins is dying. Um, everyone who dies in the movie, other than Brad Pitt, who gets to come back, wants to is like ready to die. Um, and so I think the slowness, and also I think sometimes the slowness helps you... Like, it's crazy how long the scene of them hugging and her realizing he's death is. Yeah, but if, so long. But if that's what we needed in order to not have a script that says, you're death, then it's like... Right. I don't think I don't think It's that not. There's a middle ground. You are correct. There's good movie making that would probably also make that unnecessary. But <laughs> yes. if this... Like I said, I couldn't watch this movie any faster. And in fact, I watched multiple scenes... Uh, several times it took me it took me like three hours and 45 minutes to get through this movie so um, i God. i popped it on last friday and um i was like oh i gotta watch this we're gonna you know we're gonna do it in the morning and i when my original plan had been like earlier in the week i'm gonna watch an hour at a time and split it up because i like even with just hour 90 minute movies now i have a hard time um sitting through them sometimes i just get so distracted at home mm-hmm. but anyways um i put it on and I was like, Sarah, do you want to watch it with me? And she was like, no, nah, not really. But we, I think we started eating dinner when I started the movie. Um, and she sat there for an hour and a half and watched it. And, like, both of us weren't really into like, or we weren't really enjoying it. But, like, just, like, the way it moved along so slowly. Like, it really does, like, pull you in, pull, pull you forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which you wouldn't think with as yeah, slow. There is yeah, something, it's, there is something, um seductive about the filmmaking and like the, I think because it's, there are things about it that are so competent, competent, like even the way it's shot. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not, it doesn't blow my mind, but it's like competently. Can I say one thing about the way it's shot? One Uh more thing. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of slammed it earlier, but there is one thing that I did note. And that was, um, the catch light in everybody's eyes Mm -hmm. was fucking beautiful. Everybody's eyes looked beautiful. And that's, and that's like, and I don't want to, I don't I, like I prefer this kind of filmmaking to like rapid. Obviously, like there's room for like, but like a lot of movies today, like cuts have become uh, uh, shots have become shorter and there's more of them. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the breathing room in this movie to the degree. And if it was a three hour movie that we liked a lot, like I don't think the slowness would bother us. But other but or if like if everyone was kicking as much ass as anthony hopkins does in this i don't i think we'd be fine with it being slow yeah yeah i got no problem with the slow burn but it's just like them these two people that i think are fucking idiots like taking off their clothes 
that slowly, it just makes me mad, especially because yeah. it should be hot and it's not. Yeah. I'm just sitting there watching that. Like, what? Wh- what is going on back in that boardroom? <laughs> I know? know. My God. Oh God. Oh God. All of so much of the life in this movie is uh is carried by um, fucking uh, J- uh yeah. Jake Weber and who's the other? What's it's the other guy's Jake, name? I don't think it's Jake Weber. That's Jake Weber. It is really. Wow. Yeah, it's Jake Weber. You're talking about the business guys. Uh, it's yeah. uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. He's, Jeffrey, like, he's like the heart of this film. <laughs> yeah. He is. So, But he's that's great. the thing. Jeffrey Tambor feels like he's in the comedic version of this movie. Sure. And he then is, like some yeah. of them are in like deadly serious. And thank God. Yeah. Well, no, and I, yeah, I did appreciate the little moments of humor here and there. And it was cool that they, some, well, yeah, some of that was cool that they, at the dinner scene, People make jokes with each other, even in serious which, situations. Which dinner scene? There are well, like that's nine. Right. That's all these people do is eat dinner. It's mm-hmm. it's the one I think where he's kind of first, uh, he's he's like getting used to the world or something, and I uh-huh. think, or maybe it's he okay. he just asked for peanut butter. But like Jeffrey Tambor is kind of like friendly with him, and like he's like this guy's really weird and seems out of his element, but like you know he's he's nice about it. Whereas Jake Weber is much more hostile toward him, mm-hmm. um, and all yes. that. Is but Jake like, Weber uh, related to Stephen Weber? I think so. Okay, yeah. because I thought I be when you said Jake Weber, I thought you said Steven Weber, and that's why I thought you were oh. wrong. Um, no, Jake Weber, he's in. Um, oh. uh, he was in Dawn of the Dead remake and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. I had to I look wanted, him up because I was like, I know that guy from something, but I, yeah, I, I love want Jake Weber. To point out that Anthony Hopkins' name in this film is William Parrish. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah I caught I caught that during Will Parrish. Will Will Parrish. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Well, wait, so this movie's about death? That's um, screenwriting 101 yeah. for you, folks. Okay, so I want to, so I can, I, I read a vulture story about the car accident scene. I basically just Googled oral history okay. car accident from Meet Joe Black, and there is one. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. First of all, I wanted to say that it, that the article surrounding the interview contained this, the following sentence. Meet Joe Black is not for everyone. It requires a suspension of cynicism to let yourself get caught up in a three-hour film about Anthony Hopkins coming to terms with his mortality. Andrew's shaking his head. While his mortality sits next to him at dinner. And I said, I I would argue that it is not your cynicism which this film demands you suspend. It is rather the memory of any entertaining film you've ever seen. (laughs) Yes, there it is. I I can suspend disbelief up the wazoo. Oh, yeah. This is this is not that. It's anyway. Okay, so she talked to uh, the two dudes who worked on the stunt, and I didn't even write down their name, so I don't know. Um, but she, so I, I'm a, it's a she. I'm assuming because she's extremely horny for Brad Pitt. But um, how do you get involved in the film? Do you remember the call? One of the guys says it was a little dramatic. We got the call from the team, and they told us what they needed. And because of the deadline, we were on a red eye that night to New York after giving our bid the same day. Um, so they planned to shoot it with a stuntman. That was what the filmmakers wanted. And that was what they were hired to do. And so then this guy goes, but the producers kept putting it off. The window was getting shorter. I was about to start another movie and I kept going, dudes, we have to make this happen. We started rehearsing and rigging and started doing all of this stuff on the back lot. Everything was going great. We were getting everything dialed in, but we hadn't put a real guy in the scene yet. We were about a week into it and we get this call. Hey, they want to shoot this next week. And I just went, no way. The shit hit the fan. They were really, really upset. So Scott Wilder and I had to come up with a plan. So basically it was like too late. 
for them at that point to like get an actor ready to do the scene live. So what they decided to do, we said, instead of using a real person, we can use an articulated dummy that has all the joints, fingers, everything works like a real human being. We can have a mold made of Brad's head that they can put on the dummy and perfect real glass eyes. You can't tell the difference. And they went, no way. It'll never work. Blah, blah. So we just said, listen, it will work. Trust us. And then the next, she says, how did you create the dummy? And the guy goes, Body casting involves using plaster bandages and different rubbers and materials. We made a plaster bandage mold <laughs> of his body and shipped it back here and cast three bodies of Brad using that. And there was also a detail that Brad Pitt said, please, please make sure these are destroyed when that is somebody's when that done. is somebody's fuck doll. I would. Yeah, that's what, and that is what the guy knows. He was like, he did not want these. Yes. On eBay. They have <laughs> some weirdo has added holes to this and is keeping it under yeah. his bed. Um, so then she asks, how did you make the plaster mold? Was he naked? Uh, uh, the guy goes, no, we did it in a hotel. We laid down plastic. You don't want to hurt their skin. So I devised a method. Use a unitard. And then I found that the best release agent, um, so the bandage doesn't stick is baby shampoo. So you brush baby shampoo all over the unitard while they're standing there. The interviewer says, so you were rubbing baby shampoo all over Brad Pitt's nearly naked body. And the guy goes, yes, but he was wearing a unitard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All I, the difference in the world. I, I applied the plaster the plaster bandage on the front and back of his body, which is the same kind you use when you're getting a cast. We had mm. a stand-in. We had a we had a stand so that he could hold his arms out to support himself. When we did the front, he did his uh, personal area, and my colleagues were laughing because I had to do the backside. Brad turned around and said, "Nice ass, eh?" And I said, "Thanks a lot." <laughs> then the interview viewer goes, um, wow, and presumably came. Uh, the guy says, they didn't want us to take any pictures, which was dangerous because if we ship it back, what happens if the plaster gets damaged? How do we recreate his body? One day, we're walking around in New York City, only in New York, and I'm thinking, it's a shame we couldn't get pictures. What are we going to do? I turn my head. We're walking through the village at 11 p.m. and I see a kiosk with magazines. My eye just somehow catches this bold print. Brad Pitt nude pics. I'm like, what? I thought I was hallucinating. I looked again. My partner and I, we went over and it was a magazine called Celebrity Skin. I opened it up and sure enough, somebody had shot him from a building into another building. You could see him through a window with the curtains drawn enough. A couple of front and back shots, but nothing. It was a little hidden, but I bought the magazine and brought it back and it was our backup, though the mold ended up getting there fine. Which, have you guys seen these pictures? Very sad. It makes me, it makes me sad for him. I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, he was just I've had pictures those... taken of him with like a long lens, and then they got posted and, mm. uh, or put in uh, a magazine. There's more. One more little so section. One mm -hmm. thing I thought as you were were reading that mm -hmm. is, um, you said they pretty much made the entire thing out of rubber. <laughs> yes. And uh, it it really shows in the final product. <laughs> well, here's bounces. so. Here's how, yeah, yeah, which I don't know. Maybe that's what it's like. I don't know. I haven't been hit by a car. Um, that's what it would look like if I got hit by a car. Yeah, that's what you look yeah. like not being hit by a car. Yeah, um, yeah, true. Just walking down some stairs. Um, okay, so walk me through the sh shooting the effect itself. So then they explain. The problem was that Marty, Martin Brest, wanted to shoot this, the hit on Brad Pitt, in one angle with the camera never moving. And this is what I want to say. I think that's fucking genius. That is what makes this an iconic, like, memorable shot is that this camera is just stationary while it happens. 
um, mm-hmm. basically is like never panning, no edits, no anything, which, yeah, obviously that makes it way harder to do a stunt. Um, so the car comes in, hits him. He flies through the air, hits another car, goes off the back. And this is all and this all has to happen without the camera moving. So we created an endless cable rig. The van that hits Brad Pitt has a cable attached to the front of it. It goes down to 25, 30 yards through a pulley. The cable goes through that pulley over to the next lane, through another pulley, then hooks onto the back of the taxi cab. Now on the front of the taxi cab, that cable is hooked again and goes to another pulley, which goes around the pulley. Then there's another pulley attached to the back of the van. What you're, you're looking at a rectangle with two pulleys at each end and a double yellow line down the middle. The van moves forward and it pulls the cab. And when it hits the dummy, we have a huge crane overhead with a cable attached to the dummy that goes up to another ratchet that's hooked up on a traveling rig. The ratchet lifts Brad Pitt's dummy through the air, travels him X amount of distance, and he lands on the windshield of the cab. So it's all pretty intricate stuff. We had to find out how far Brad Pitt could fly, how high he could go without leaving the frame, by which he's talking about the dummy, Uh, how far (laughs) he could uh, travel before he hit the cab without going out of frame. So, like, basically... Everything's on a string pulling the other things, which is that's pretty rad. Like, Mm -hmm. because it definitely looks I mean, I would have guessed, for instance, that it was um, CG probably. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because you really do get a sense in the shot that the the cars are really going fast and then slamming on their brakes. Uh Like it, it feels like, oh, they just had stunt drivers and then they put Brad Pitt in there somehow. Um, but it was like very, very practical. There was one bit of CG for them to transition from him, the real Brad Pitt walking. They like hit the real Brad Pitt with a blue screen covered van so that they could get like the position that his body was in when he was, uh, hit and switch it to the dummy. That's very cool. It looks ridiculous. I love it. I think it's great. It's so violent. I've got it. It's so violent. It's so violent, but like it's violent in a way that... I mean, the way his body flies and then get, it's 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 also the the juxtaposition between that and the scene immediately preceding but that's it. That's why it's, it's so great. Ridiculous. That's why it's great. It's gr- that's why it works. But it's not great. It's not great in like, oh, this is good filmmaking, though. I think it almost is. Like it's like the part that's bad <laughs> is not Brad Pitt getting hit by the car. The part that's bad is the scene that precedes it. If you look actually... at him standing in the middle of the fucking street like that, that is absurd. Only in New that York. Is bad. That is a bad <sighs> idea. That's bad. That is that's a. I think that's a bad idea. Oh God. <laughs> I don't think it. When okay. he hits it looks the, a little less. When he hits the ground and like slides out he, of frame, that feels he, very real. That's good. Yeah, he hits the ground well. That's a good. That's a good hit. All right. It's great. I also, I thought of something. You know, I'm sure Brad Pitt was partially concerned about with these four rubber dummies that he was concerned that they would become sex dolls. But he probably also was like, if there's four more Brad Pitts that I have to compete with for roles, yeah. <laughs> that's just you know. They did. They set it up in his dressing room and like tricked people with it. They said it looked yeah. very scary because it really just looked like dead Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> um. And there were no pictures. They truly there there I there's no pictures of this dummy oh, that man. I could find anywhere. Because don't you want to see that? I do. Ugh. Lost to the ages. Okay. So I saw it in the movie. Let's let's uh, we're about an hour in. So mm-hmm. let's just plow through and let's uh, okay. see if we can make this uh-huh. shorter than the movie. <laughs> so the scene of Anthony Hopkins meeting death, like I said, I think it's fantastic. Um, I wanted to say, like, 
they originally wanted Gene Hackman for this role, which means mm-hmm. like hmm. part of the reason that scene is great is because it's Hopkins on Hopkins. And it would have been Hackman on Hackman. And like <laughs> instead of Hannibal Lecter as the voice of death, it's Gene Hackman. Popeye Doyle. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't that seem like it would have been less um I mean, I love Gene Hackman, but that's a weird it would have been it's a different a movie. Um, for sure. And then I and then okay, so like as I said, I think the scene eases you into the premise like very gently and lyrically, which I really like. But then Brad comes on and his performance is immediately, shall we say, special? Special. <laughs> yes. Special. Yes. Like very strange. The like, way he does, the way he moves. And I get it. He's supposed to it's supposed to be you know, it's supposed to be this like sort of childlike wonder, right? But it's like so he does, he's experiencing the world for the first. I agree, it's fucking ridiculous. Like there's the... times where he, there's times where he has like very, um, where he seems to like pick up cues very well and seems to be just like a a weirdo, but other than that, a pretty normal dude. And then there's other the way he eats that peanut butter, man. Oh God, I gotta say, he so just just to to walk you through it. He takes a bite of peanut butter and it's like, oh, he loves it. Like, and then he takes another bite of peanut butter, but he works on that one bite for the next forty-five minutes of the movie. It's making me feel nauseous to think about. And and the other thing that the person think about food sitting in your mouth for that long. Stop! I don't want to. But the other thing is that the vulture lady said that he described the way he eats the peanut butter as pornographic, and I was re- I kind of paused to go look for like, oh, I want to read something about this car accident, and I'd forgotten about the peanut butter thing, and I like if I had remembered that i might not have picked this movie because i do think if dude if dudes if dudes ate pussy the way that dude eats peanut butter no one would ever come that's what i'm saying is it's like i i said that so i was like i'm i clearly yeah. i guess i'm supposed to be uh imagining that this peanut butter is my pussy but it's disgusting and i and i was like definitely four men came up with this scene <laughs> like a woman was not consulted as to whether this is actually sexy it's after horrible. Uh, af- after hearing that four men wrote this film i actually have become a feminist so. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact i mean there's also i mean even even if the premise of him licking peanut butter off a spoon was sexy which is just like it's it's that's it's too viscous a material <laughs> like it just doesn't work but the way he's doing it like um shall we say bobby boucher uh really ruins like any sexiness that could possibly be there like he's so terrible i hate his he, acting so much in this movie he's eating here's an he's idea eating a peanut, peanut butter like a little baby that like pooped in his diaper yes Yes, but it, God damn it! Oh, I got a picture of Brad Pitt in a diaper. Um, but like, here's the thing: like, the way to play it, in my opinion, is like, like here's Brad Pitt is funny. Like, let like, and I think the idea of death in a in a in a uh, position where you know he's sort of reduced to a child, like that's that could be kind of funny, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think they could play. I think. Brad Pitt is really, really good at like subtle humor, and I. So I don't understand, like, why, why play it sexy here? Why not just? Well, why not make it funny? I'll tell you why. But in it's also like I think he's a little better in in like the first. This is part of what's inconsistent about this horrible choice to have him act like a dumb baby. But like mm-hmm. when he first arrives, 
he's a little he's scary and he's intimidating Anthony Hopkins. He's like a mob right. boss in the first scene. He's telling Anthony Hopkins how it's going to be. And he's extremely articulate. But then in the next scene, it's like, okay, so he can immediately speak English, but he can't stand normally. Like, right. presumably when death is around being death, he's not like speaking English all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what the language of the of the beyond is, but like, there's no reason that death speaks. I know what it is. Fucking? Jamaican. No. It's that Jamaican but island But then shit. that's the other thing is it's like, okay, so he meets this woman. He can immediately slip into her, um, her like accent and her, and her vernacular, which is, I think like a, that is an interesting idea about something death would be able to do. But if he can do that, if he can just in the, at the drop of a hat, immediately pick up this language. Like, why does he seem to struggle to talk when like they're in the dinner scene? And why does he not know how to sit in a chair? And like, I feel like all of this exists in order to be like, he's never had sex. Like that's the reason, the reason for the season, the reason that we see him like not know how to stand or move his body, I think is because they think they have to earn the idea of death fucking a lady and like death being an innocent in some, in that respect. Like, as like, you don't, I'll just, whatever. Death is a virgin. I, I don't need him like acting like a little baby. Who's like, and then, and then at this whole scene of dinner where he doesn't know what, like he doesn't know what no thank you means, but he's been communicating with Annie, Anthony Hopkins, like in a kind of like Shakespearean manner for the yeah. first you know, half hour of the movie, but then he doesn't know what no thank yeah. you means. And then in the next shot, he's swirling his wine glass. And it's like, okay, he knows how to swirl wine though. He doesn't know what a basket of bread is, but he like, oh, it's, oh, why did they do that? They made him Very so weird. gross. Yeah. For a movie this long, it's, it's amazing how inconsistent and, and, um, uh, like unstructured his arc between, you know, mm-hmm. being in, unempathetic person to becoming an empathetic person is like it's in one scene it seems like he totally you know understands what it's like to be human and then in the next he doesn't and i don't i just um i wonder if people watching this for the first time thought like maybe that, that that it was somewhat vague as to whether this man is death personified or the coffee shop guy with a traumatic brain injury you know what I mean? Like, yeah. did anyone go like, oh, maybe he just thinks he's death, but he's like sick. <laughs> like his brain's not working. I think with as hard as he gets tossed by those cars, I didn't even consider it a possibility that he was like, like, you know, had a brain injury. Because, I mean, he would have been that yeah. body would have been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And he's I mean, he's he's at Bill Parrish's house four hours later with not a scratch on him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Although that would have been Although, interesting for him. Would to have just, been interesting yeah. if he just like shows up and he's just like got a limp and <laughs> so, like and, serious. Like, and like I said, like contusions. Like when she starts, because at first she's pissed at him, which makes sense. She should mm-hmm. be. But then almost immediately she changes her mind about it. I mean, you're just like, I. Yeah, she, this would, is a woman who has horrible taste in men. Who would find this fucking idiot like remotely attractive? And I thought like. It is like a truly a catch twenty two because on the one hand, if he didn't look like Brad Pitt, the movie wouldn't work. But you, if he was a better actor than Brad Pitt, the movie would work. Like I was like, what if John C. Riley was playing Death? And I'm like, 
I guess the movie would be better, but then Claire Forlani would look like an even bigger moron because you're like, well, he's not even hot. Like, why? <laughs> like, what possible reason could you have for like? I do think it became clearer over the course of the movie, though, that the reason she liked him is she was already in love with the other guy. Yeah. Yes. Which, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm someone who's like fallen in love with somebody after like one interaction and. If that guy got hit by a car and then came back to life as death personified and like came to my dad's house, I might try to make that work because <laughs> it's like this is the guy that I like, right? I wouldn't uh-huh. leap to I don't know, maybe it would take me longer to figure out that he's just a fucking creep. So, if you if you spent a couple of hours with somebody and fell in love with them and then you spent the next month with them and they were a fucking prick to you, you would probably still I don't think that was a month though. I think it was more like a week. I don't know. I think it was less than that, actually, because Marsha Gay Harden says, like, is like picking the cake. She says something like, there's a party in two days or something like that. So that's true. They did. They also opened the movie on them setting up for the party. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, I mean, a a lot happens in that, you know, two or three days. There's good. I feel like the Er Ericin Gwent Biary scene is like, like I said, like, that's great in concept. Like, I think. But just Brad Pitt is so not the one. Like, <laughs> I. <sighs> That's my favorite part of the whole movie. It's. Uh, I'm it's so, so glad great. it exists. I love. I mean, yeah. I don't know what. Like, Lee can make. Like, if I'm upset or crying, like, Lee can say that to me. And, like, it works every <laughs> time. Like, like it's it's a great thing to have in yeah. my life. Yeah, um, for sure. And, I like I said, I think, like, if it was an actor with some grovel. Like, there's something. I like what it adds to the mythology about death. And also that lady mm-hmm. is a good actress. And like the scene. She's so good. I, yeah. I told that was one of my notes. I was like, this lady's hey. like one of the best actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Was that the lady from Jeepers Creepers? Uh, no I don't know. Maybe. So, it seems like it. I just pictured her in my um, head and I was like, I think maybe that. I'll, I'll look her up. Anyways. Yeah. That's a good, uh, good call. And then there's moments like right after that. Um, Cause like she kind of, Brad Pitt is kind of shook after uh, he t- he's talking to Anthony Hopkins about his wife. And when Anthony Hopkins starts talking about his wife's suit, like he says, what was she, what, what was it like when you met her or something like that? And then he starts to describe this, what she was wearing and he gets all choked uh-huh. up. And I'm like, somebody knows what what's happening. Like somebody somebody is making this romantic. It's just not the two beautiful people at the center of the film. But like everybody mm-hmm. else, like. Like Jeffrey Tambor, even when he talks about Marsha Marsha Gay Harden, yes. I'm like, that's rom- yeah. that's very sweet. That's a good speech delivered well, and it's romantic. Anthony Hopkins talking about his dead wife is like, please give me this all day long. And then like, but then it's just they put two fucking cigar store Indians in the middle of the movie, and <laughs> that's what I'm left with. You know that is interesting though because it it does make me kind of think that the movie was sort of going for that in some way. Like it was sort of, you know, talking, you know, on the sidelines of this movie are relationships that are deep and meaningful and messy and complicated. And, and it, at the heart of this movie is this sort of thing that was thrown together. And it's basically, I feel like the end when it ends, it's sort of like, you know, was this an infatuation? Yeah. Was she in love well, with me? Was she in love with the other guy? She so was, I, think, I think there's yeah. The end kind something... of is the end is good. The 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 um 
I like that's the moment where I went like, oh, don't complain about like, wait, but she's in love with death. Like, what does that mean? Because like the movie mm-hmm. gets it like the, the movie understands like this is not a real relationship. The way that he does not love her. Uh, he doesn't love her until he decides to leave and like sacrifice his own Ye- happiness for her the yeah. same way her father does. She is in love with the other guy. She's not in love with him, although maybe she's in like with him. I don't know. Um, but the movie, the movie is smart in certain ways. Like they're right about what. Like that's why I say, like the movie's not about death. The movie's about love. Like the movie is what he's learning is what the nature of love is, and they give you the right ending, which is him getting the fuck out of there and not like capturing you know persephone um i'd like to see that movie though (laughs) the sequel did you Uh did this movie remind you of any uh television shows andrew that's one of my notes yes um so what i said is i said this movie is like is like succession but like um the 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 rich people are less like psychopaths yeah well, and yes. I honestly feel I like watching this this time, this is like the first time I've seen this after having seen Succession, I feel like whoever wrote Succession was like inspired to write and cast Logan based on Anthony Hopkins in mm-hmm. this movie. Like the fact that he has an accent, but like none of his children do, and mm-hmm. he's like a tiny, like crystal-eyed man who can be very very soft-spoken but is extremely scary um like obviously mm-hmm. logan like yells more but i would just watch it i was like wow this this is like if you took out all the brad pitt parts this movie would just basically be succession his kids are idiots like <laughs> like and he yep. and it's all about I, him yeah, like that. the yeah. the the patriarch is gonna die and like what's gonna happen <laughs> i couldn't believe there was peanut butter again like the peanut butter comes back so many times it made me so mad and when I think it's when there's a line read that I wrote down that I didn't mark when he says it, but Anthony Hopkins says at one point, no, how about you telling me? And he says, how about you telling me? And instead of like, how about you tell me? And it's so much better that he says, how about you telling me? It's so good. I love Anthony Hopkins. And then and then in the next scene, she said, so Claire Ferlani is talking to Jake, whatever, Weber, Jake Weber. And he's basically saying, like, you clearly are into Joe Black. And she says, you're out of line. And it's the worst line (laughs) reading. (laughs) Do you remember that, Mike? No. She says, like, you're out of line. Like, he's basically like, you are eye-fucking a guy that you at the table with your boyfriend next to you. And she's like, you're out of line. It's it's what it's horrible. It's horrible. It's the worst line in the film, and that is truly saying something because, like, Brad Pitt like speaks Jamaican patois in the movie. Um, what, what do you what do you call that? Patois. Patois, and that just mm-hmm. is that like that means a mashup of English and I believe different so. Languages? Yeah. Okay, patois. Um. Let's see. Oh, also, I was gonna say mm-hmm. while while you guys were talking, I did look it up, and it's a different actress. The um the woman okay. who plays the Jamaican woman. And Mija Black has her only credit was Mija Black. Um, okay. Wow, really? The, wow. the other lady is Patricia Belcher, and they they do look alike, but not as much as in my head. Um. But anyways, in the when she um, the scene where they no, this is after they kiss. Um. No, I think this is before they. 
Anyway, it's after it's when Anth- anyway, anyway, she, she, there's a part where she describes him. It's, I think it's immediately after she breaks up with her boyfriend, like they she walks into another room with Joe and she, she one of the things she's like describing him like she's saying like you're so uh sexy and one of the words she uses is like <laughs> is intelligent. And I'm just like no. especially okay, I could see Anthony Hopkins thinking that, but the scenes that she has been present for like <laughs> like and and then, and after she says all those things he's kind of like he Brad Pitt does a lot of this is most of his performance is like like leaning forward like he's gonna <laughs> do something with his mouth and then he like huh, and like doesn't and in that scene like he's almost gonna kiss her and he doesn't which again I should like this like this is something that I should enjoy seeing like Brad Pitt, like, oh, he wants her, but, like, he can't. And, but he plays it, like, shall we say, Tug Speedman and Simple Jack. <laughs> like, like, <Yes>. if you <laughs> know, um, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that the four men that wrote this were inspired by being there? Because at, at moments, I kind of got that feel from it. Yes. I, it's, it's definitely... And being there has the same thing where, like, I hate it, and why, how does this man get to, <sighs> but at least he's not as dumb. Like, he's, he, there is, I hate that movie, and I hate how he is in it, mm. but, but there is kind of, like, Peter Sellers is kind of Jesus-y. Yeah. There's nothing like, like, Brad Pitt just doesn't sell mystical omnipotent being in this at all which like peter sellers does a little bit even though it's a, he's j- almost equally annoying in my opinion part, but. Of, part of his problem is he's sucking on a spoon with peanut butter for about half of his screen yes, <laughs> yes. and then the rest of it he's like being a virgin like in right. all of like like i said doing his kind of like i'm gonna fall into your face and i like pull back at the last moment so um, i think i laughed through part of it but what is the line that claire forlani says to him when they have completed the act of making love does she say like no i have no idea what uh, you can't hear it okay i to me it sounded like you make love like someone who's never made love before oh yes she says something like that okay she doesn't is never realize (laughs) i know she said it's a horrible thing to say to a man if you do not think he's a virgin but also it's like bitch can you not tell like you (laughs) <laughs> well, but to say that like like you've been swept up, you'd be like, you make love like you've never made love before. Yeah. Like that's that doesn't Well, she says she work. says you make love like you're making love for the first time. Okay. Which oh, puts so a I guess slightly a little... more romantic spin on it, but you are right. If you read into doesn't it work. at all, it doesn't yeah. yeah. And and it also is like there's something she kind of bigged him, it feels like. And he bigged her. It was like a <laughs> It was a mutual bigging because, like, she's having yeah. sex with a man who is basically a child in every possible way. And then uh-huh. he's having sex as a woman with a woman looking like a man who he is not. He is death. Like, that is pretty rapey. Like, on no, both on both, on both fronts, honestly. Yeah. And it's also weird because they have the same mouth. Like, their mouths are too similar. Like, mutual I, rape. Yeah, <laughs> I think that it. I think that they kiss good, but she does open her <laughs> mouth very wide, and their mouths are too so wide. similar. They're kind of like two yeah. magnets, like repelling each other. Um, but God, Thomas Newman is doing the Lord's work um, 
in that movie. And of course, I like when he cries. That's great. Uh, <laughs> you like what? I like when he cries. I like that, that oh. he comes and he cries. Like, that's okay. Yeah. So that They consulted a woman or something for that part. Um, <laughs> however, one of the, so after they fuck and they're back in the foyer and she they've like kissed the goodbye like she's about to leave and anthony hopkins comes in and sees them like embracing not kissing um okay one of the most haunting images i've ever seen is the look that claire forlani gives her father when he walks in on them embracing like she is again she's sexy acting the whole time it's like this smoldering look maybe her best acting in the film but she's like cuckolding her dad (laughs) (laughs) and then later later toward the end like the scene where he gets really mad at her and she like Uh she like comes into his office and she's like i found him i found like whatever the lightning guy that he like set up and she like sits on his desk and she's like basically telling her dad like we just um like uh had sex or whatever (laughs) oh it's later so here's the thing it's actually later that same day so like they there's they they have sex they're saying goodbye in the foyer she catches anthony hopkins eye and is like jealous and then picks up her doctor bag and leaves so Mm -hmm. anthony hopkins comes in and gets mad at brad pitt understandably um he is a god who is raping his daughter essentially and then brad pitt is like sorry dude i'm raping your daughter and then he (laughs) he leaves and goes to the hospital with a with flowers and he and he ends up going into the jamaican lady's room and he tells her i'm here to see the doctor or whatever he says um and so he so they had sex she left to go to the hospital he like Two minutes later, also leaves to go see her at the hospital, but she's not there. And then the next scene is her in the same clothes she wore to fuck Brad Pitt, walking into her dad's office. And these are like intercut, where like we're seeing she went to the hospital, he followed her. She left the house, went to the hospital. He left the house, went to the hospital. She's still at the house talking to her dad. Yes, very confusing. Yes, I noticed that part. Uh, that was a strange, a strange moment. Because uh, yeah, she leaves and then essentially comes right back. And like, and in a th- then he's yeah. That is so weird. In a three-hour movie that is slow as hell, they could not come up with a way for like we need him to talk to the Jamaican lady again. And it's also funny because yeah. in that scene, I don't know about you guys, but I can't, um, I can't understand what that lady is saying. Uh, no, I and she's saying could. something I mean, I, very I got important. The essence of- yeah, uh, I got bits and pieces, but I didn't. I know it's important because yeah, the yeah. music is telling me. <laughs> and it's the thing that makes him go like, I need to, like, Joe leaves that encounter, comes to Anthony Hopkins and is like, I'm killing you tonight, basically. We got to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will also say that um, I had trouble understanding a lot of this. We actually turned the subtitles on because it was so quiet. Yeah, same here. They're all quiet talking. Yeah, me so too. But I also we, think they we, we cranked up the music because they realized that was the only thing that's going to save them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all you need. It's called pure cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then she sits on her dad's desk and is like uh, bragging about having sex with Brad, with his best friend. I, it, well, the, the part that really made it messed up is when she uncrosses and crosses her legs like Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. Yeah, it is really. And she's not, you know, she just. And then she winks, left her and underwear then winks by the pool. Him. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. That's a terrible thing to do to your dad. Okay, we're getting we're getting there. I swear, Mike. 
Uh, <laughs> um, this movie is longer than a Catholic wedding. And yes, I would know. Yes, and hey, we, and we I made, did that. So. I made you all sit through one of those. So yeah. That's only fair. Yes, you did. Although, okay, so that wedding was less than an hour. So Yes, that was not a long wedding. I've been a longer. Um, yeah. Isn't it amazing? I disagree that it... Wait, hang on a second. Talking about Mike's wedding, that I don't care that it was forty under an hour. That is a long wedding. It's long my, to you. My it's wedding not, was 15 minutes. It's, it's not long for a religious wedding. I've been to like Episcopalian weddings that are lo- that were longer than Mike's like Catholic That's wedding. fine. But but Mike I'm I loved Mike's wedding. It was beautiful. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a great time. I wish well, we was, got to sing at more weddings. I like singing. And it, it was even longer for Andrew because he took all the pictures. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um okay. I was working. Mm-hmm. So but you guys were sitting on your asses. Yeah. <laughs> After she cuckolds her dad, one of my notes is, isn't it amazing that they fucked? Her dad got mad and yelled at both of them and then decided he was ready to die and there's still an hour left in the film. Yes. And then yes. a couple uh. a little bit later, um, wow, the finale party is starting and there's forty five minutes left in the film. His birthday Holy party shit. is starting yeah. and there's still forty five minutes in the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. It's well, you gotta yeah, they had to wrap up that corporate merger B plot. I know, my God. I'm I'm glad that they let Anthony Hopkins say, Oh yeah, my daughter's in love with death. Like he's listing yeah. all the things he's pissed about, and like that was good, that was funny, and they only did it once. They didn't make a big, they didn't make too much hay of it. They just kind of got that in there. So, Ugh. speaking of the the corporate merger, to me, that was the best part. I of loved the movie. it. Okay, I loved it. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah, one like at the end when he's got him, he's sitting there and he's got the board members on the speakerphone and everything. I was like, all right, like we're finally seeing yeah, like he's got. But death what about when Brad Pitt starts talking? What's that? What about when Brad Pitt then does his like? Yes, I think that shit's good because Anthony Hopkins is there, right? And Anthony Hopkins is very alive and great in everything, but particularly in those scenes, like. Mm-hmm. But then, I, then Brad Pitt. Okay, so no, like the IRS agent thing. Yeah, I thought that was fine, and like, you know, like you said, we're two and a half hours into this movie at that point, and so I was like, it's it's nice to see a little bit of life in one scene in the let, movie. Let me say this about that. My problem, my only problem with that is, uh, well, yes, I agree. It was nice to have a little bit of life, but my my issue with that is that I don't believe that Death knows what the IRS is. Well, but yes. that's confusing. It's like, I guess he went to the library and got on the computer and figured out what an IRS agent is, um, but he... I don't believe that he, he knows what a computer is either. He doesn't know what, like, toast is. Um, right, yeah. But, okay. <laughs> or Death and so Taxes, which I have a feeling well, that everybody lying, who I crosses think. the River Styx probably makes a joke to death about yeah. the fucking death and taxes. But he, so the other thing is that like his, okay, I think Brad Pitt is terrible at delivering those kinds of lines. Like it's the same exact mm-hmm. voice that Anthony Hopkins is speaking in, but Anthony Hopkins is Anthony Hopkins and Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. And it's the exact same shit as like inner interview where it's like, don't make Brad Pitt say words like this, please. Um, but his speech also makes no sense because he's giving a speech that's in defense of Bill and saying like he could have, he his his um task would have been much easier if he had betrayed me and said who I am. However, isn't the deal that if Anthony Hopkins reveals Brad Pitt's identity, he'll fucking die? Like that's the deal they make is that yeah, you tell anyone who I who I am, I'll take you now. Basically. No, I thought the deal had to do with his family. He he said Part of the deal was that, like, you leave my family out of this, and this is between you and me. Or was that no, a different deal? No, and also, clearly, Death did not do that. But the idea, the premise of the film is basically like, hey, Anthony Hopkins, it's your time to die. But right. 
I want to experience life on Earth, so I'll make a wager with you. As long as I'm having a good time exploring Earth, you get to live. Right. And then part of and you can't tell anyone who I am because that will ruin my experience of like getting okay, to like yeah. pretend to be human. So like, but Brad Pitt in that final speech frames it as though like Anthony Hopkins was doing him a solid, and it's like, no, you're going to kill him. Like, you know, like if I have a gun to somebody's head, I don't get to go get to be like, thank you for not calling the cops on me. And it's like, well, you will shoot me if I do. So it's not really for you, man. Like right. that is terrible. And then also when he was giving that speech, I realized that the the person that this role belongs to is Carrie Elwes, because the speech huh. that that Brad Pitt gives is basically the to the pain speech, which is like probably it's definitely my favorite writing on film. And it's like one of my favorite like acting performances on film like that scene um and i think carrie elwes is maybe pretty enough and has enough yeah. gravitas to sell this um also when when this when they're talking to each when joe black and claire forlani are talking to each other there's a that there's a part where she says why i got to examine you after all did you guys notice that? Because <laughs> like, because like, there's a couple of moments in the movie where, so like, they have their talk in the coffee shop. Then they, she says everything that he said in the coffee shop while they're like hugging by the fountain or whatever. And then when coffee shop guy comes back, she also recaps like what they said at the coffee shop. But one of the things they said to each other is like. Brad Pitt is like, I don't want you to examine me, basically, because, like, I would rather, like, you know, be your lover, whatever. And then, yeah, she says, why, I got to examine you after all. Oh, that's so gross. I mean, that's your Claire Forlani impression is so good that I suspect that this is something that Lee requests from you often. (laughs) Yes, he wants he he's very turned on by bad acting. (laughs) It's pretty gross. Um, and I thought, like, I, I was thinking about, too, like, when they see each other at the party for the first time and she's she talks about how she wants to fuck him, like, right there and then or whatever. And, like, the words that she uses to describe why she wants to do it make no sense to me. I don't. And are not sexy at all. I know. And that's, that's like, what I'm saying. It's like, I don't want to think this way. But I, this, uh, th- these men did not know how to write a woman. Like, that's how they mm-hmm. think women talk like this is it's just one of the best examples of like a woman by a committee of men and she says things like i could make love to you right here in this party like or no i could make love to you standing there there's something so sexy about you standing in a crowd oh god that is horrible it's it's yeah horrible that is but that is the but think about that is the most general thing ever like everyone in their entire life stands in a crowd probably like maybe like a couple times a week. Well, and that's it. That's the thing that makes you want to have sex with him. A thing that everybody does in their normal waking life. Um, he, but, but it's how he does it. Um, there are occasional good lines in this movie. Like I really like when Anthony Hopkins is saying goodbye to is like basically conveying to Claire Forlani. Like he's saying like to have no regrets. And she says, I love you, daddy. And he says, that's why it's okay. I was like, that's a great, that's a really good, I really like that line. And I wonder if he just made it up there, but it was really, it's really great. And then I liked when they're walking away and, and Anthony Hopkins says, um, should I be afraid? And Brad Pitt says, not a man like you. And almost makes me wonder, I wonder if that's in the original film because that has Uh, like an old timey feel to it. I thought the same thing. Yeah. But that's a, that's That's a good good, line. Okay. What, what I think her best acting is, is when she's realizing that he's deaf. Yeah. 
I can see that. Where she gets all shaky. Yeah. And I also think that that's maybe like the easy, like that's like the easiest acting in the movie. I think it's a tall order because she's having she to, to act look- the most important realization of the film without the dialogue telling you what she's even realizing. Like the movie never I don't says, know, man. this is her figuring I, out. That I he's agree dead. with you. I agree. I agree. But like at the same time, like she, I feel like it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's a big, it's a big swing, right? Like it's not, it's not something that requires, I don't think it's something that requires a ton of subtlety in the way that a lot of the other things in this movie do. I don't. And also you're relying big on the fucking music. You are. Yes. The music is like, um, I don't know almost manifests as a crutch in the scene, like a physical crutch under her arm in the scene. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it, is it, I think she made it more interesting than it could have been because it was clear that that horror was an element of it, which I like. I think the movie is smart to make her a doctor because there's like a scene. The, in fact, it's the scene where she says he's intelligent, I think, or maybe it's the scene where they kiss. But that starts by... See, that's how I know she's a bad doctor. But but they have a doctor, a woman who has dedicated her life to saving mm-hmm. people's lives, say, I love the way you smell, and he is death. She fucking loves the smell of death. She's a doctor mm-hmm. who <laughs> fucked death. She fell in love hey, with death. She had sex with death. She huh. loves the smell of death. And I, I feel, I I feel in good. that minute, at least... Like, the movie doesn't call a lot of attention to it, but I feel like Claire Forlani was thinking about that. Like, Claire Forlani was like, I'm a doctor, <laughs> and look at what I have done. <laughs> and then how she, and that's why she immediately spins it into, into denial. And I think the way she says, you're Joe, is really good. I, yeah. She's not okay. a good actress, but I think she did a good job with that part. I was surprised by how good she was in it. Hmm. And yeah, it's truly, that scene is truly just like three minutes of a swelling score and her saying some fucking nonsense. And that's the climax of the film. (laughs) I just, I don't think she's doing, I guess the way I feel is that I don't think she, I don't think she's doing much that is different from everything else that she does in the movie. So maybe it, maybe I feel more that it just works there. Maybe that was like the scene that they that she auditioned on, and that's how she got it. Maybe, and that yeah. and so it's like wow, she nailed this, and then but we didn't see if she could do anything else. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. It's this is our second movie in a row in which a person basically knows that they are seeing someone they love for the last time and has a kind of easy time walking away from them. Because like when what she's. Was- Oh yeah, yeah. When she, that's true. Remember, because in truly deeply. madly deeply, mm-hmm. like she kind of knows that like he might not be there when she gets back, and then in this movie, Claire Forlani knows like when Anthony Hopkins walks away, she's not gonna see him again, and it's like you know she hugs him twice, but it's like okay, bye. Like wouldn't you? <laughs> like I, I might. Fo- I don't know. I would follow him. Maybe it would be hard, and he's only sixty-five. Yeah. That's not even that old. And look at him. Yeah. I know he looks great. You know what? You know what I liked? Um, I liked the little bit of disappointment that she had when he comes back over the bridge. Me too. Just that was from the diner. Again. That was also good acting. Like I was like, what a weird yeah, like week that. for this woman. Like you're gonna fall in love. Uh-huh. 
He's going to die, but you don't know it. Death is going to happen in his body and start hanging out with your dad. And you're going to fall in love with him as well and take his virginity. You're going to then lose him and your dad in the same moment. But then you get the first guy back. But you're understandably kind of sad about that, even given that your dad has just died and you learned you fucked death and then death left you. Like, wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. The movie does kind of stick the landing. I think it does. And I think all of the, I think the speech when, when, Anthony Hopkins explains to Joe, like, this is not love. Like, you're wrong about what love is because you're going to basically, like, ruin her life for your own selfishness. It's like, oh, good. Thank Christ someone (laughs) knows that this is horrible and I'm not supposed to be, like, rooting for this to happen. That's good. And then my – well, I had – other than my, like, concluding thoughts, I have two more notes. One is um, I'll tell you what. You can't say this movie isn't long. They did it. They made a very long movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well done, boys. You did it. Uh- <laughs> it's almost it's almost it's almost like when they went into the pitch meeting, the first thing they said was, Okay, so this movie's long. Yeah. I think that the And premise- then built everything out from there. <laughs> I think We'd like that's to make honestly, a long film. Yes, we're going to this yes. film's gonna be long. We don't know what it's about yet, but it will be long. <laughs> um and then my last is like And I assure you this movie will be long. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind. This movie's going to be long. This movie's fucking long. Yes. Now, yes, Brad Pitt is in it, but also, have you thought about how long the movie is? <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but the other thing, and I'm sure I have this reaction every single time I watch this movie. I forget that this is the case, but when the, that version of Over the Rainbow starts up, there is, uh, like, I need to be on top of a mountain screaming, go fuck yourself. Like, how <laughs> da- <laughs> like, how fucking dare you how very dare you and this went with that fucking ukulele bullshit oh god like is that when you make a movie when you make a movie this long you can do all kinds of crazy especially when like okay like i guess fuck thomas newman then like he he fucking carried this movie over the finish line on his back and then you're like but we're gonna use um this total cliche of a song for the ending and maybe it wasn't a cliche at this point but like still that's what I wondered. Is this kind of where that song got popular? I didn't, know I, I didn't realize. That I don't think. Re- I don't think anything got popular from this. But it could. Okay. I don't know. It could. It I don't know. Decent hit. Well, I mean, it, it made. It, but we know why because there's that the the, the Star Wars the trailer. Ultimate, the Star Wars thing. Everybody went to see this movie to see the Star Wars trailer That's and then true. walked out. Yeah. Speaking of, you mentioned Bobby Boucher earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that. Uh, on its opening weekend, this grossed or this uh, opened third behind uh, the Waterboys second weekend, and I still know what you did last summer. So, <laughs> wow, Mike won. Quite a week at the movies. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> all I all I have left are my concluding thoughts. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. All right, and and yet, I love this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's compelling. And endlessly fascinating, and not purely in that bad movie way of how did this happen. I enjoy a movie that just shows me beautiful people and art in beautiful places for three hours. I like that it's a sweeping supernatural romance. I could watch Anthony Hopkins' performance on an endless loop. Yes, I wish it was sexier. Um, I wish the leads were hot and good actors with chemistry. And if this movie had a romance that was actually romantic, it could be a movie that I'm embarrassed to say is one of my favorites. You know what I mean? Like, if this was... Mm -hmm. This is your Chronicles of Riddick. If this were, if yeah, if it was just sexy, I'd be like, God damn it, I don't want to like this movie, but I have to admit, 
I'm an honest man. I have to admit it. Um, but as it is, it is just a movie I have to watch once every couple of years and go, hmm, this sucks and is long and unsexy, but I also won't stop thinking about it for a week. <laughs> it is weird, too, because it's like I would not – I would. I don't think this is a movie that you could do – you could edit some stuff, but, like, just the, the cadence of it exactly. ensures – that you can do nothing. But that's kind of what so I mean. They... It's like the cadence. We're, we're joking about the pitch being it's long, but that is the movie. The movie, <laughs> if it's not this long, it's truly nothing. Like if it's not this long mm-hmm. and slow mm-hmm. and lyrical, like I wouldn't like it as much as I even do, which is not very much. But like it really is just like it should be called length. Like that. It should. I mean, what? here's what they had. They walked into a fucking boardroom of execs. They dropped, they said, we've got Anthony Hopkins. We've got Brad Pitt. We've got Jake Weber, superstar. <laughs> and we have a runtime of 180 minutes. Give us $200 million. You had me at Jake Weber. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was going to say we could do a cruise minute. Yeah. Well, let me do my, I want to do my final Close thoughts. Yes, go, go ahead. Um, so I, I think, I think it's, I think this movie does have interesting things about it. I think, um, I think having gone through the ending now, it's like, yeah, this is, there's something to this. Um, but yeah, it's so quiet and so boring and so, in such long stretches. Um, and Brad Pitt and, and I, honestly, if, if they just, if they, if they just swapped it and made the love story, the second, I, I agree. Wow. I agree with you now that this is a movie about love, but like the love is so bad for so much of the I know, movie. I know, but if it, it was it good, doesn't, it doesn't make up for it. I think it is. It is a crime. It is a crime that I care more about smarmy businessmen than I do <laughs> I know. about Brad Pitt uh, and Claire uh, Forlani. <laughs> Borlani, more like. Yeah. Oh. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so I don't Pitts. like this movie. I think it's really bad. But I, but I have also <laughs> seen it. I have also seen it several times, and spent uh a good chunk of our 15 year friendship talking to you yeah. about it who, so who sh- in that way i'm thankful for who it. should play death in this movie i said carrie always and then uh, i think he's I too johnny I think depp he's too he's too villainy i think oh johnny depp i could see he's beautiful enough and more but ethereal. Th- and think about it. this is johnny depp this is like uh what like this is like nick of time Johnny Depp. But that would also be a lot like being there. If Johnny Depp's playing this guy, it's basically being there. Yeah. He's doing his Charlie Chaplin bullshit and like you know that's going to be his take on it is like Benny and June or whatever. What about Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr. would it would be he would be able I that's an interesting choice because he's so charismatic. I believe he was in jail mm-hmm. at this time, but he's so <laughs> yes, he's he so charismatic that it does seem like he would be able to kind of show some kind of humanity, like even when he's being a fucking weirdo. Uh huh. That's what I. That's kind of what could I'm be, thinking. And he would ha- he could have like a quirky energy without it falling into pouty baby. Possibly. That's an interesting mm-hmm. choice. Hmm. For me, it's Adam Sandler. <laughs> Hell yeah! Let's let's get this in. Let's get this to Happy Madison for maybe. A maybe it's a gender swapped. Meet Joe Black. Meet Joan Black, and Adam Sandler is Claire Forlani, and then who's I don't know Winona Ryder. It's a Mr. Deeds 
preview. Jennifer Aniston. Yep. <laughs> True Jennifer Jen- Aniston True is Jennifer as is or Drew Barrymore. Just one of the regs. Get, get one. Get one of the regs on there. Um, what about you, Mike? What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, going into this, I was dreading it. Um, I found myself weirdly pulled into it. I definitely checked the time a lot. Like on my Blu-ray player, you can um hit the display and it'll show you where you're at oh that's very cool functionality it's nice. <laughs> I, I use it often um, what else can it do uh i don't know that's that's, that's as much oh. as i've tested does but, it play um, dvds what's that does it play dvds no just blu-rays yeah hmm. no okay. it plays DVDs. um no but yeah so i got weirdly pulled into it i think i was always like kind of at a remove like you know, like you said earlier, you have to suspend your cynicism. And uh, yeah, I did. I'm always I'm, I'm able to do that. I, I wasn't I didn't feel like I was necessarily rewarded by that. But I do think the third act is really strong. Like it kind of it pulled it into a much better movie. Whereas if the, if it had peter, petered out without kind of the way it finishes, it would have been just a straight up bad movie, I think. But it, it ended and it wasn't just like, oh, I like that scene uh, with where he pretends to be an IRS agent. I thought like the way the party like rolled along. And I actually kind of liked the way they chose to apparently just have him die on the lawn on the other side of that bridge. Yeah, I like that. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. and it was weird. Like he comes back and it's just the guy from the cafe again. He's like, boy, it's been a weird week. I don't really know what's going on. Anyways, nice party. What's up? Um, Isn't it weird <laughs> yeah. that they don't do give you a they... pause at all there? Yeah. Like for the movie yeah. is like so slow and shows you people watch, like it cannot have people leave a scene efficiently. But, like, the breath between, like, him walking over the hill and then immediately coming back as a coffee shop guy, it's, like, so fast. Like, yeah. give her a moment, like, standing <laughs> there and being like, oh, goodbye to the love of my life and my father in one fell swoop. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kind of, like, what? He's back? But there's, like, no time at all. Yeah. So well, strange. Yeah. And then she's like, I wish you could have met him. And it's like, you and might he's still just, have time. Well, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, he's like... <laughs> Doesn't he? He says something like "me too," and it's like, "Why aren't you like? Why are you talking about your dad? Or your dad's dead? Like, right. what? <laughs> like he's just like goes with I don't know. Yeah, they could have done that a little better. Just a laid back guy. I feel like if there it's... had been more of a difference, maybe it was another catch twenty two because like when he comes back, he's almost being just as weird as as meet Joe Black. He's <laughs> yeah. meet Joe Black. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like, there's not much apparent difference between the two of I them. I think they're trying to play it like he has a vague understanding of what has happened. Yeah. I think he does that, and that's to, fine. Yeah, he like, says something like... Yeah, like, I think that's the only thing that keeps it from completely falling apart, I think. But it's yeah. just like, there's no... In the performance, there's no difference between him and... Like, there is a difference, I think, between Coffee Shop Guy based on his first scene... And meet Joe Black for sure. But then by the end of the movie, they're like the same. Like coffee shop guy is more like a big dumb baby than he was in the first that... scene. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say maybe it's because maybe it's because uh, Joe finally learned what it really means. I to think. I think honestly, I was also thinking that as I was saying it, and I also think they were probably worried that if they were too different, then Claire Forlani would look like, or Claire Borlani would look too much like an idiot for not realizing <sighs> mm-hmm. that this something wrong with this fucker. uh um should we have a cruise minute yeah let's do it okay Um, would tom cruise be better in this role 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe yeah. He, he could have done it. Um, yeah, we already oh, know. We already know this. I honestly, tears just sprang into my eye, like thinking about <laughs> like, what if this was Tom Cruise? Oh. And I think he gets involved enough with the productions, with the the movies that he's in, that he maybe could have maybe pulled this pulled this up out of the the muck a little more. Wouldn't you rather watch um, Tom Cruise be like a weirdo than Brad Pitt yes. be a weirdo? Yeah, definitely. Like, what if he, what if after interview he was just like, "I'm playing supernatural dudes," and he, oh, love it. Oh, I would, I would watch it. So very much. Um, all right, here's 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 my uh, it's a it's a cruise. Um, uh, it's a game, and the game is based on. Um, so last week, The Rock tweeted about um, how he lost out on a role that Tom Cruise got, hmm. and you have one guess to guess which. I have a guess. Is. What's that? I have a guess. Mike, I'm, you'll probably get it. So, Mike, do you want to guess first? Uh, sure, I'll, I will guess. I'm trying to run through what what all The Rock has been in. Um, But he lost the role to Tom Cruise. Yeah, he, he Tom Cruise like oh right right, like right the rock the rock was in was in some sort of running and then he just got a call that Tom Cruise. The Tom Cruise, I see. Okay, um, was it this last decade, two thousand tens? It. I'm not telling you okay. anything. Um, he was in the running for a role. Uh, go ahead, Kit, uh, Kit can guess. I'm, I'm... Jack Reacher. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. I almost said pain and gain as a joke, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, yeah, be great. Don't I you want it. that? Yes. Give Tom, Cru- give, give Tom Cruise just almost all of let's, the Rock's roles. <laughs> let's, let's, remake, let's remake movies and put Tom Cruise in there. Yeah, it's so crazy. That's literally everyone's career right now. Like, Steven Spielberg is just making mo- remaking movies by guys he likes making mm-hmm. sequels to his own movies everyone's just like let's reboot this i'm gonna play this guy again and tom cruise like why can't we remake mo- all movies with tom cruise why won't <laughs> tom cruise is just i'm only gonna make tom? new shit like come on dude tom cruise is his own ip he really is don't cool we did it we did it all right well thank you for joining us i'm tonight. never gonna stop Oops. thinking about just tom cruise being in movies <laughs> even ones i like <laughs> uh, join us next time i will be selecting a triple feature so you don't know what your triple is i do i mean i have a list of them I, i'm pretty sure i'm gonna go with like a like really good movies with kid protagonists so like black stallion um basically like like almost like art movies does, a, hor- does a horse get hurt that? in that does a horse get hurt in that oh maybe i'll have to re i'll look at it but yeah, I've got like a list with like a dozen triple features, so okay. we'll, we'll pick something. Okay. But uh, so I I'm not able to, inf- to so we're not able to inform our audience who are waiting with bated breath. This is this one's gonna be a cliffhanger. But a horse will die. Hooray for horse.